Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Dr. Joe Vitale was featured in the film The Secret, and he's a best-selling author of many books, including The Miracle, Six Steps to Enlightenment, Zero Limits, and The Awakened Millionaire. He's also the creator of Miracles Coaching. Joe has taught people from all walks of life how to manifest miracles. Amazon has a Dr. Joe Vitale page featuring his brilliant books. And Carol, you're a major fan of Joe's work. Absolutely. And we really thank you for joining us, Dr. Joe. My pleasure. Been looking forward to this moment. Good. Okay. I understand that you have a special offer for our listeners, and we want to hear that in a few minutes. But your Mm -hmm. information is just what most of us need, and especially filmmakers and artists, because they have to raise the money to make their features and documentaries. And any blocks they have to receiving money can get in their way. So this is your forte, clearing blocks and improving your life to increase your income, right? It absolutely is, and I particularly love this audience because I love movies. I love movie makers. I'm not only in 16 documentaries, but in the last year I've become an actor, and I have acted in an independent movie, and all of these were young filmmakers that have dreams. So this is something I'm very personally interested in. I want to help everybody get more money. But filmmakers making their dreams come true, that is something that excites me. Oh, wonderful. Well, they've been waiting for this uh, recording today. Now, most people remember you from The Secret and your many best-selling books, so please give us a bit of your background before we get started, okay? Well, I'd be happy to. The short story is I was homeless decades ago in Dallas, I was in poverty for a full 10 years when I lived in Houston, and from there I've managed to create a career for myself that began as a marketer, copywriter, and a small-time author, and today has led to me being a best-selling author, speaker who travels around the world. I am also a musician. I've created 15 albums as a singer-songwriter. I um, am in 15 or 16 independent movies that are out there, including one I mentioned as an actor. I am traveling around the world as a speaker, talking about the law of attraction, talking about melting beliefs around money and deservingness. But it all started with me just wanting to be an author. I had a dream as a kid, and it took me decades to get there. But today I live the lifestyle of the rich and famous, and I'm doing my best to inspire others to go for and achieve their dreams. Go for and achieve the dreams. That's wonderful. Well, I was elated to see that Amazon has a Dr. Joe Vitale page with all your books on it. That's truly an honor. You've just given us so much information on creating a better life, and we sincerely thank you. Thank you for this body of work you've done. 
You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm just following my passion. That's what I tell everybody to do. Follow your passion. Oh, my gosh. That's the way to live. Yes. Well, I'm impressed with your new book, The Awakened Millionaire, a manifesto for the spiritual wealth movement. And in the foreword, you say that this is my opus. This manifesto is 30 years in the making. And I personally found this book as like an eye-opener right now. One is I want to cover the bad rap that money currently has. And two, I want to get into the flow where you are able to receive how we do that. And then I want to identify these blocks that up to money. So let's start with that old saying, money is the root of all evil. Well, that's a good one to start with. As I explained in my book, The Awakened Millionaire, that's the one that subconsciously, unconsciously is active in everybody's mind, including your young filmmakers there. Because people want money. They need money. They have to pay their bills. They have to pay all of the different services they use and the vendors they use. So why is it so difficult for them to actually get money or keep money or acquire or save money? And the reason has to be in our subconscious mind. We think money is bad. And because we think money is the root of all evil, we unconsciously don't want it. We push it away. We sabotage ourselves. We think that money will taint us, money will ruin us, money will corrupt us. And because of those unconscious beliefs around money, we find ways to make sure we don't have it. And I've often pointed out to people, have you ever noticed that you do receive money just in the nick of time to pay a bill? The rent's due, the phone's due, whatever it happens to be, but it comes in at the last minute, and then you're broke again. Well, the reason is we think money is evil. And a lot of that mentality comes from a misunderstood biblical quote that, as you pointed out, people believe money is the root of all evil. And the longer quote that's even we don't know today if it's accurate or not because this is from thousands of years ago, but the longer quote actually says it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And if you go deeper into this, as I do in my book, The Awakened Millionaire, you find out that the really balanced, wealthy people in the world that I know, including myself, we're not in love with money. We don't love money. We use money. We leverage money. We appreciate money. We're grateful for money, but we're not in love with money. This is probably the biggest issue. And if all of your listeners just grab this one concept that money is neutral, Money in and of itself is neutral. It's just paper. It's just coin. And when we take the emotional baggage off of it or the meaning we've projected onto it or that we've acquired over the decades from family and culture and religion and government, we strip all of that away and just realize money is a tool, then you're free. You're free to have money, use money, acquire what you need for your films, your life, or anything else. So money, to me, is not only neutral, money is a force for good. And that's the new message. Money is a force for good. Absolutely, because if you really want to improve the lives of others, which a lot of filmmakers do, you can do it much faster with money, right? Well, absolutely. In fact, I think that's one of the best reasons to acquire money is you have causes you believe in. Maybe it's your movie project, but maybe there's a movement that somebody has going on or you care about pockets of Africa or 
other countries or communities that are struggling. Well, when you have money, you are a steward for that money. You can aim it, direct it, and use it where you think it will do the most good. So I tell people, look, you care about homelessness, you care about your project, make peace with money because you'll be able to bring it in, and then you can use it for that project or that homeless person or whatever it happens to be. So, again, money is a force for good. You can use it for highly idealistic spiritual reasons, but you've got to make peace with money. And money is energy. It's neutral, right? Is That's what you're saying. It's totally neutral. It's absolutely neutral. You know, centuries ago we didn't have money and we were bartering. I'd give you three skins and you'd give me a bag of flour. And we decided <laughs> that, well, we needed a better way of uh, bartering here, and so we came up with money. <clears throat> and so money is just a way of exchanging an agreement. It's an agreed-upon way of exchanging products and services. I go to the grocery store, and I give them cash, and they give me a carton of milk or whatever I bought. So it's in and of itself, it's nothing but a tool for us to exchange our services and our energies. Money is neutral. Money is just energy. It's just paper and coin. I often tell people I travel all over the world. I was raised in Ohio here in America, and so I know what our cash and coin looks like. But when I went to Russia and they put their money in my hands, I thought it was monopoly money because I didn't have any any relationship with it. When I went to Italy or Peru or Poland or Bermuda and everybody puts their different money in my hands, it all felt like it wasn't real. And when you start to realize that it's just agreed upon meaning, then you start to go deeper and realize money's just coin. It's just paper. It's energy. In and of itself, it's neutral. Nothing. Wonderful. <clears throat> Tell us about your, your free ebook that's downloadable. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying my best to help people. And a lot of people have written to me and saying they want more help and how to attract money and use it for, you know, whether they want to make a film or anything else. So I wrote a book called Attract Money Now, and I decided to give it away. So I put up a website at attractmoneynow.com, and anybody can go there. Just go to www.attractmoneynow.com, and you can download the book. I can't read it for people. I can't do the seven steps in it for people, but I can give them the book, and this is my way of helping people. If they go through those seven steps and start to apply them, then they'll make peace with money. They'll learn how to create money, attract money, achieve money. And then they can also learn how to fulfill their mission, their passion, their calling, whether it's making films or anything else, because they'll have the money to do it. So the free book is at attractmoneynow.com. What a nice gift. Thank you so much. Okay, now <clears throat> let's get back to your book here. Um, start chapter two with this quote from Julia Cameron saying that we are really or what we really want to do is when we what we were meant to do when we do what we are meant to do money comes to us doors open for us we feel useful and the work we do feels like play to us now this is an excellent description of filmmakers because their DNA reeks with creativity and they must make films. They have to find this funding to make these films. So how do they get into this flow where things happen for you? Well, there's a couple things to look at that are a little deeper than that quote. Now, the, the quote is wonderful, and it's a great place to leap off and explore. 
But people need to, first of all, make peace with money. And this is one of the things I've been talking about on this call. It's one of the things I talk about in my book, Attract Money Now, and in The Awakened Millionaire. They need to know that money is neutral and money is a force for good. It's actually a spiritual tool to help you achieve your dreams. So you need to make peace with money. But the second thing you need to make peace with is deservingness. You need to know Mm. that you are good enough, that you deserve it, that you are making a valuable contribution because of your life, because of your passion, your mission, the things that you want to do. Most people have objections to their own self-worth. Most people don't love themselves. And I'm not telling people to be egotistic, but I am telling them to be self-approving, to be self-accepting. When people are okay with deserving success or deserving good things in their life, now they've opened their inner door to allow things like money to come in. But they need to make peace with money, realize money is good, it's not evil, it's not going to corrupt you, and then realize you deserve good things. You deserve to make your move. You deserve to make your dreams come true. You deserve all of it because you're good enough just the way you are. Those two concepts right there will help people more easily follow their dream, fulfill their mission, make the movies they want to make, acquire the money they want to acquire, but without struggle. Struggle comes when we're internally fighting with the idea that money, we want money, and at the same time we think money's bad. We want good things in our life, and at the same time we think we're not good enough. So we want to make peace with money and peace with ourselves. That opens up the door for us to fulfill our mission, whether that's making a a movie or writing a book or opening a restaurant or whatever it happens to be. Absolutely. So you deserve it. And self-approving, those are the things, I, and I talk to filmmakers every day through From the mm. Heart Productions and because we sponsor a lot of filmmakers, and they, and they come off and say, oh, I'm just, I forgot to do such and such. They are always putting themselves down, and I have to bring them back right. and say, wait a minute, what? You've done so much right. You are so talented. You certainly deserve it. <laughs> so you're spot on. That's wonderful. Well, let's well, go to chapter to five. Well, they go need ahead. to be a coach for themselves. Well, this is an important point, so I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to make sure people actually hear this. They need to look in the mirror and begin to appreciate themselves and what they're trying to do. And they need to do it when there's no evidence around them or nobody around them supporting them. My example is I wanted to be an author when I was a kid. I knew I wanted to write books when I was a teenager, and I started working in that direction. But there was nobody who encouraged me, nobody who supported me. I had to look in the mirror and say, Joe, you think you can do this? Well, you go for it. And I know when I was homeless and I would look in the mirror, I lived in the public library in Dallas, Texas, there was nobody around me, and there was no evidence. There was no evidence around me that I would ever amount to anything that I would ever be published, ever. But I had to look in the mirror and say, do one more day. And say that every day. And believe in yourself. And say Mm -hmm. that every day. And over time, other people started believing in me. Over time, I started to have minor successes. My first book was published in 1984. But I didn't get another book published until 1992. Oh, my gosh. We have to believe in ourselves, and we have to keep getting up and doing what we need to do because that's what's important to us. 
So believe in yourself. That's a very important concept right there, and I'm glad you're helping your filmmakers with that. Okay. Oh, I thank you so much. You're <clears throat> right. Now, I really enjoyed Chapter 5 as well. I love the whole book, but in here it's called Counter Intentions. Uh, yeah. And you say that mental blocks might be our inability to even imagine ourselves standing in awakened abundance. So what yeah. could some of these blocks be? Well, that's a great question. The whole concept of counterintentions is something I originated, and I believe it's kind of my claim to fame, because I think it's an insight to why people say, well, self-help doesn't work, or the secret didn't work for me, or the law of attraction doesn't work for me. And it's the idea that there's two things going on at any moment in our mind. The first is we have intentions, and our intentions are usually good. Our intentions are things like I want to make a movie that makes a difference. I want to start working out and exercising. I want to start dating. I want to be healthier. I want to be happier. I want to make more money. I want to do whatever. Those are our intentions, and they are noble, they're good, they're positive, and we we all want them and like them. But inside our subconscious mind are what I call counterintentions. And the counterintentions are limiting negative beliefs, most of which we're not even aware of until we start to explore and look for them. But it explains why in January there's a rush to join the gym And by the end of January, (laughs) nobody's in the gym. At the beginning of January, the intention was there. I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to get fit. That's a great intention. But why didn't we go back? Unconsciously, we had things like, well, this isn't going to work for me. I'll always be this way. Working out is too hard. The gym is too far away. I mean, there'll be all kinds of things. Those are counterintentions. With filmmakers, it's very much the same with anybody that wants to write a book or some of the other people I hear from who have dreams. They'll say, I I have a dream. I want to make this movie. I'll say, great, let's make the movie. That sounds exciting. But then you'll start to hear the counterintentions like, well, I'm too old. I'm too young. (laughs) I don't have the connections. I don't have the money. I don't have the experience. I don't have those excuses, rationalizations, as believable as somebody can rationalize them and and argue for them, are actually counterintentions. Those are the reasons we don't do what we're going to do. There's always going to be counterintentions. You can look at anybody at any time, and they can stand there and say, well, I'm going to join the gym, and then they'll say, I'm too old, I'm too young, it's my DNA, it's my parents, it's epigenetics, it's the weather, it's my whatever. Those are counterintentions. What we want right. to do is become aware aware of them and release them so we can achieve our dreams, including making films. Yes, becoming aware. Be in the moment yes. and realize that that's, that's something you might have picked up, something somebody said to you when you were a kid or your parents influenced right. you in that direction, and you have to throw all that stuff out. Yeah, it really does have to be taken out. And awareness is really the simple thing. When people read my book, The Awakened Millionaire, the one you're referring to, or they read my free book, Attract Money Now, a lot of the counterintentions disappear because awareness of them alone helps blow the whistle on them. They, they start to release when we realize, oh, those are just excuses. Those are old beliefs. 
And it is important to become aware of the beliefs because most of them aren't even ours. We downloaded beliefs. Uh, Yeah, right? We downloaded beliefs from our family. I tell people, were your parents Mr. and Mrs. Buddha? Were they enlightened? (laughs) No. Mr., you know, their parents came with their own limiting beliefs, and they passed them on to us good-naturedly. I mean, they were looking out for us. They weren't trying to program us for lack and limitation or don't go for our dreams or money is bad. They had those beliefs and just simply passed them on. And we as little kids don't know any better. We download all that information thinking, well, this is the way life is. I'm here to tell you that's not the way that life is. I teach people to expect miracles. I teach people to go for their dreams. One of my latest books is called The Miracle, Six Steps to Enlightenment. And even the book you're referring to, The Awakened Millionaire, is all about the idea of breaking free of limitations. Another book I wrote is called Anything is Possible. And it's from the philosophy that today, I don't know that there's anything we can't have, do, or be. We may not know how to achieve it or create it, but I bet there is a way or we can create a way. I come from the mindset that nothing's impossible, nothing. You want to make a movie? You want it to be a blockbuster? You want all kind of success from it? Why not? That's the new mindset. And this new mindset comes from eliminating those limiting beliefs, breaking free from the trance of limitation. Wow, breaking free. Well said. Now, in the book, you say, let us never again succumb to this ridiculous idea that we have no power. This is really Mm. important. People have power, and yet they don't recognize it. Tell us how we can get in that mindset of recognizing our own personal power? Well, part of it comes from paying attention to what other people are doing. In other words, there are, there are so many stories of people who have come to this country, come to America with nothing, no connections, no money, and went on to create businesses or empires or build something that wasn't there beforehand. For whatever reason, right now I'm remembering Desi Arnaz, Lucio Ball's husband, I read his autobiography a while back, and he had come to the United States from Cuba. He had $5, and he had one name, and he didn't speak English. Yet he came here and created the television studio that was very innovative, that had a record-breaking show, and we all still love Lucy in those old episodes today. But he came here with nothing. That's not unusual. When people hear that story, or they hear a story like me, I was homeless at one point. Now I'm living the lifestyle of the rich and famous. I get to do all of these different movies. I get to travel around the world and everything else, blah, blah, blah. But that's not unusual. I just came from Thailand. And in Thailand, the man who brought me over there is 36 years old. Fifteen years ago, he was homeless. At the age of 20, he was on the beaches of Thailand with nothing. He didn't have money for soup, let alone coffee. He slept on the beach a friend sent him a copy of the book, The Secret, which was what the movie was based on, The Secret. He read the book, and he didn't believe it. He said, I'm going to prove this book wrong. And he started using the concepts of visualization and affirmation and intention and dream uh, creation. Today, he's a billionaire at the age of 36. He's a billionaire. (laughs) 
he he and I just finished his book. It's called Homeless to Billionaire. Homeless to Billionaire. It'll come out in a month or two. But that's not how you inspire yourself and start to expand your thinking. You hear a story about me, but if that's not good enough, you hear a story about the homeless to billionaire, 36-year-old guy in Thailand who was homeless and is now a billionaire. That's not good enough. Read about Desi Arnaz, and he's only one example of hundreds to thousands of examples. When you start hearing all of these stories, you start to realize, why not me? Why not me? Why not me, right? You know, Desi Desi had an idea, Dr. Joe. Uh, He went to the producers and said, "Uh, uh, let's shoot this on film. You know, they uh, right. because what they were doing that, that recording they that didn't last. You couldn't keep those recordings, or no, they was maybe uh, they were shooting live. So they said, no, no, that's too expensive. You have uh, the cost of the film, the editing, and the uh, the developing. We, we're not going to do it. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll pay for the film if you give me the rights to it. And they said, well, of course, no problem. <laughs> You're going to pay all those fees. So those shows belong to him. He was no yeah. slouch. I love it. I love it. See, this is, what, this is another point that I want all your filmmakers to get. And I say this in the book, The Awakened Millionaire. Everybody thinks they need money. Everybody thinks they need money. All the filmmakers go, oh, I have an idea for a movie, but I need money. No. You know what you need? Creativity. You need creativity, much like what you just illustrated with Desi Arnaz. He's thinking out of the box. He's thinking, let me have that film, knowing that it's going to be valuable in some way. And these people who aren't creative enough to see his vision, go ahead and give it to him. I tell people, you don't need more money. Yes, money's good. Money can help. Money solves a whole lot of things. But if you don't have it, instead of desperately looking for it, maybe you need to think out of the box. Maybe you need to be more creative. This is one of the reasons that I like services like Kickstarter and those crowdfunding campaigns, because you can be very creative, put a little clip about what your project is, a little film clip there at Kickstarter. Put your little plea about what you're looking for. Put your little bonuses on uh, enticing people. Depending on how much they get, they get so much from you when the movie is done. I have seen people raise staggering amounts of money by being creative, by being courageous, by thinking out of the box. So we don't always need money. But we do need creativity, and Desi was one of those who I so loved him and what he came up with and loved his book. I'm glad you told that story. Yeah, he was great. Um, That was great foresight. Now, um, I loved in Chapter 5 from The Awakened Millionaire where you said uh, the mission you have, uh, and he quotes – you quote Disney who says that – I th- uh, that I want to make money for my movies so I can continue making movies. Why not? You know, that was a very honest statement, and and that's exactly <clears throat> what he did. That is one of my all-time favorite quotes because it, it reveals the purity of his mission. He wasn't trying to make money for movies to make money. That that would be a very egotistical approach. He wanted to make money from his movies so he can make more movies. That, <laughs> right. that is so brilliant. That is so pure. 
That is so noble that I keep saying that's what everybody needs to be thinking about. Why do you want to make your movie? It isn't for making money. Yeah, you want to make some money from it, but you want the money to enable you to do your next dream, which could be another movie. That's the purity of Walt Disney. There's another quote that's in the book someplace that I love, and it's worth mentioning because it will help people transform their relationship to money. This one's from Arnold Patton, who is probably in his 90s now. He's an author that's written quite a few little books. He wrote a little one called Money, and in it is this one line that shifted my perspective, and he said, the sole purpose of money is to express appreciation. The The sole purpose of money is to express appreciation. And I remember when I first read it, I said, oh, there surely has to be some ex- ex- exceptions to that. And then I started thinking, wait a minute, when I pay the mortgage, well, I'm grateful to be in a house. When I pay the phone bill, I'm grateful to have a phone. When I pay the groceries, I'm grateful to have food. When you translate or transmute what used to be a gripe, I remember writing checks and going, boy, I wish I had more money or I wish I didn't have to write this bill. And you transform it to appreciation and now write, oh, thank you for the house. Thank you for the car. Thank you for whatever. Now you realize the sole purpose of money is to express appreciation. That transforms you in your relationship to money and frees you to have it. And, um, Joe, one of the reasons that crowdfunding is working is that exact reason because they are recognizing their donors by giving them gifts because everybody right. looks at a movie and they you want my money well what's in it for me that's what they think <laughs> and so the filmmakers have realized that and they're saying here's what's in it for you uh, and they're using 30 days 60 days or whatever as their urgency you know if you you've right. got to fund us in 30 days it's so brilliant but it now see that's creativity you're back to using creativity just like you said well i love it and i think some of your filmmakers should just go over to kickstarter and some of the other crowdfunding places and study the ones that are winning study the ones that are actually raising the money that they're looking for and particularly study the ones who raise more than what they were asking for and ask yourself how did they do it what did they put on their kickstarter page There's always, as I remember, there's always a little video clip there. You're dealing with filmmakers. All of these filmmakers know how to make a video. So have them make a compelling video that tells their story, makes their plea, and also, as you point out, explains what's in it for the donor. And then really think through what do people want and offer it to them. Do they want to have a, a premiere of your finished movie in their home? Do they want to be invited to the red carpet? Do they want dinner with the actors and actresses and directors? I I don't know, but think through all the different things. Look at the ones that are actually raising money and then model them so that you can duplicate it and raise the money that you want for your film as well. Absolutely. You tell us in the book that we need to grow, that if we don't keep growing and adapt to the world, then it will leave us behind. Right? (laughs) Yes, we have to keep growing. We have to keep growing psychologically, spiritually, and technologically to keep up. I just turned 65, and sometimes I look around and go, man, I can't keep up with all the apps that are coming out (laughs) and the new breakthroughs and technology and 
things that, you know, growing up I didn't know anything about or even a few decades ago didn't exist. And yet at the same time, I'm alive and well, I'm fully functioning, and I've got more dreams, I've got more passion, I've got more gusto, so I have to keep up. And in many ways, that's the, that's the promise of life. We have to keep stretching, we have to keep growing. The whole concept of stretching, I recorded an album with Ruthie Foster, who's a Grammy-nominated singer, and Daniel Barrett, who's an award-winning uh, singer, and it was called Stretch. And it was the concept that we all want to keep stretching. When we made that album, Ruthie Foster, known as a singer, wasn't known as a lead guitar player. So she played lead guitar on it. Daniel Barrett, who was known as a uh, singer and a songwriter and so forth, and never really played drums. He played drums on it. Oh, me, my God. <laughs> who, wasn't really, who wasn't really known as a singer, me, going on an album with people like Ruthie Foster, which was incredibly in- intimidating to me, I was stretching by doing it, and we all bettered ourselves, and I think this is the call of life. Life is always telling us to stretch, to grow, to learn, to adapt, to get stronger. So, yeah, I tell people, especially filmmakers, you've got a big dream that makes you a little nervous and a little excited, perfect. I've often said a goal should make you nervous, a little nervous, and a lot excited. If that's the place nervous. people come from, they're, uh, yes, a little nervous, this a lot is, excited. This is really good. This is great advice. And in the book, you uh, bring up the quote from Brando saying, never confuse the size of your paycheck with the size of your talent. <laughs> well, again, we don't want to be deceived by money. We don't want to be deceived by that illusion that the value is coming from outside of us. We want to make sure that we value ourselves, which is one of the principles I talk about in both of those books, The Awakened Millionaire and in the free book, Attract Money Now. I want people to realize that that self-worth comes from inside of you. It's, we all want confirmation. We all want applause. That's part of our ego in many ways that's necessary and delightful. But we don't want to bank on it, so to speak, no pun intended, We don't want that to be the defining moment of who we are. We want the defining moment of who we are to come from us, the person we see when we look in the mirror. Absolutely. Well, in the book you talk about (laughs) J.C. Penney. Giving people something of value is the key to making money and staying in your integrity. And I really wish you would just give us a minute or two about him and how he became so popular, so famous and respected. You know, people don't know that J.C. Penney was a real person, and he started his business in a dust town with one store selling pants, and his middle name was Cash, James Cash Penny. He was a very spiritual man and one of the people who actually inspired me to write books like The Awakened Millionaire, because that book is a blend of spirituality and the material. I'm not saying they're in opposition at all. You want the spiritual and the material to be two sides of the same coin. Well, J.C. Penney knew this, and he was very focused on service. He wanted people to be happy. He wanted them to come in, buy their clothes, and be able to feel like this is the best thing they ever got in their life at the best deal they ever got in their life. And, in fact, in those early days, people would use credit and stores. He was against it because people will go into debt and ultimately hurt the people. And then he also did things like 
uh, profits shared with the people who worked in his businesses. It didn't take long for this man who was opening up with nothing, starting with a dream in a dust bowl kind of a town, to build an empire. And J.C. Mm-hmm. Penney's still around today. They don't, you know, his business is still around today. They don't have the same philosophy, but his, that empire he built is still around, which is amazing. Yes, it is. It is amazing in today's world. So uh, tell us again about that free book, because I want to make sure everybody gets everything that uh, so that they can find it again. The free book is well, easy to get. Yeah. It's called Attract Money Now. Mm-hmm. It's at the website, www.attractmoneynow.com. There is a hardcover version of it on Amazon, and but that's for sale. That one's like $30. There's a Kindle version on Amazon. I think it's only a dollar. But if people would like it absolutely free, read the PDF anywhere, anytime, your phone, your laptop, your computer, whatever you have, just go to attractmoneynow.com and put your name and email, and you'll have access to it instantly. And you'll also get some access to some videos where I talk about some of these concepts, but I do them in at depth. So go to attractmoneynow.com, put your name, put your email, you'll get the book, and then for the next few days you'll get some videos from me to help explain the concepts even more deeply. And all of this is free, just trying to help. Oh, thank you so much for that. Well, I have to say, in the back of The Awakened Millionaire, I really loved when you went into the fourth dimension process triggering <laughs> hyper manifestation for wealth and you did a drawing and you made it look so simple to understand how <laughs> asking or saying things to the universe and how it your beliefs uh matter your conscious beliefs and your unconscious beliefs so right. just give us a minute on that that's so brilliant well thank you that's a far deeper concept than what i might be able to do in a minute but I, i'll give it a little <laughs> college try <laughs> Well, first of all, the fourth dimension to me is the space that all of reality is being created from. Now, this, this is deep, but I know some people just went, what? What's she talking about? When we look at life right now, we look around, like I'm looking around, and I can see the windows and chairs and a MacBook and this, that, and the other. That's third dimensional reality. But what's creating third dimensional reality? We know it's an energy field. And some people like Deepak Chopra says it's the field of all possibilities. That is a web of energy. And to me, that's the canvas of life. You create from that field of all possibilities. In the fourth dimension process, I teach people how to look past third dimension reality, which is the concrete reality I'm tapping the table here. That's third dimension reality. But I want them to look deeper than that, behind that, to the energy that's making up that third dimension. And in that field of all possibilities, that's where I want them to create their dream. So if they have a dream of creating this new film and they want it to read a certain audience or they want it to be well-reviewed or a blockbuster or whatever it happens to be, you create that vision in the fourth dimension. You create the vision, you, you build it in your mind as holographically as you can make it feel. You do it in the fourth dimension, almost like playing with Play-Doh. And you say, okay, I want to build it this way. And if you really do this right, you realize you can do it any way you like because there are no rules in the fourth dimension. 
The rules come from the third dimension. In the fourth dimension, we make everything up. We make it all up. And it is so cool. You can have, do, or be anything because there's no limit. There's no boundary. There's no rule. There's no law. There's no anything. Regulations, none of that exists in the fourth dimension. So you go into the fourth dimension, you mentally create your vision, and you make it as real as possible, so real that you can almost touch it. And that's what you want to let go. So it's almost like a manifestation meditation. You create it in the fourth dimension, you release it, you go about your business because it's going to take life and start to manifest in the third dimension. You'll get intuitions, you'll get little prompts, you'll have little opportunities that will show up, you'll meet the right person, you'll get to do something like maybe this, this show right now and the things I'm saying right now are the things that lead to the manifestation of your dream or your next film. So I explain this as at length in the book, The Awakened Millionaire. And again, it's more of an advanced concept. But I'm telling people, look, we're already creating our reality. We're just doing it unconsciously. I'm telling people, let's do it consciously. Let me show you some of the tools. And the fourth dimension process and what I just described is one of the tools to create your own reality, including your next film. Ooh, that's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and for all the good advice and information that you continuously give to all of us. It's making a difference. I'm here to thank you for that. Uh, Thank you very much. All, All I'm doing is following my passion, and that's what I encourage everybody to do. They all have their unique passion. You follow your passion. I follow mine. Listeners follow theirs, and then the world works. Yes, and then it works. Right. Well, thank you so much, and we'll be looking forward to this. And the new book you've got coming out with the home about homelessness to billionaire—that's the title of the new yeah. one. It is okay. homeless to billionaire. There's a website homeless to billionaire dot com, I believe, or homeless to billionaire book dot com. People can go take a look. Okay, we will. And thank you so much. We really appreciate you and your works. Yes, thank you. very God much. Thank you, Doctor. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, we hope to ha- have you so again awesome. on the show in the future. Thank Anytime you. Anytime. Okay, that's wonderful. Thanks a lot. Bye, Claire. Also, Bye, I want to. Oh, thank you, Carol. Thank you. And to our thank listeners, you. I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations you've given at FromTheHeartProductions.com to support our podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you, and we'd love to hear from you with your ideas for more shows. What are some of the topics that you'd like covered? Who would you like interviewed? What are some of the ways that you feel our show can support you on your journey in making films? Just let us know, and join us next week for the Art of Film Funding podcast. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com.
I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N.com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.